Arriving, arriving in your seat for the sit. Arriving in your body. Letting go, softening. Feeling your body sitting. What does it feel like for this body to be sitting? Simply Know that you're sitting. Know that this body is in the seated posture. Being aware of that. Feeling the sensations of this body, where this body touches the cushion, the pressure, the hardness, the softness. heaviness, the lightness, the sensations between your sitting area and the cushion, bringing attention to that. What are the sensations? Bringing a sense of curiosity. Where does your bottom end and the cushion begin and vice versa? Can you tell? Is it possible to tell? bringing attention to where your hands touch your lap. Feeling the raw sensation 
of heat between your lap and your hand. Perhaps the dampness, feeling the cool, the coolness, the sensation as it's experienced through the sense door of the body on the back of your hand. Feeling your tongue resting softly in your mouth, soft, relaxed. Feeling the softness of your tongue and the hardness of the teeth. Just bare sensations. Just bare sensations, no concepts, just sensations. Feeling the whole frame of your body sitting, stable, sitting with integrity. Feeling this whole body breathing from the inside, the sensations of breathing, wherever it's easiest for you to sense them, expanding, contracting of the belly, for example. the raw sensations of breathing within this body. Letting the attention rest on the breath within the body to help stabilize the attention, to help calm the mind. to make the mind more malleable, to see more clearly.
you might have to bring back the attention to the breath and body for the purpose of stabilizing a million times. Each time doing it gently Atapi means diligence, persistence, doing it over and over again. But with little effort, ever so gently, ever so gently, but persistently, softly, over and over again. Now, allow your attention to open up to sounds this morning. Hearing, hearing. (coughs) Noticing sounds in the room. The sound of the bird outside. background hum of the sound system, the sound of my voice, the sound of your breathing. Allow yourself to notice the sounds And notice if this particular sound has a valence of pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. It's very simple, not complicated, to see the Vedana, the feeling tone, the pleasant, the unpleasant, or the neutral. Perhaps as you hear the bird, there is a pleasantness that arises
or perhaps the sound after a while becomes unpleasant. There is a wish that it weren't there, that it would be absolutely silent. In a moment, I will ring the bell. Listen to the bell and see what feeling tone arises from the sound of the bell for you. Pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. This time, I will ring the bell louder. See what arises this time. Now I invite you to bring your attention back to your body. Noticing some sensation, making contact, allowing your attention to make contact with some sensation in your body. And then notice if that sensation has a tone of pleasantness, unpleasantness, or neutral. See if you can clearly see the feeling tone separate from the object itself, separate from the sensation. Perhaps turn your attention, if you like, to your hands again. Hands usually tend to be neutral, the sensation of hands.
the feeling, the sensation of your hands this morning? Is it neutral? Just hands. Do the hands have a feeling of comfort, pleasantness, softness that your mind is noticing in this moment? Or a feeling of heaviness, dampness, heat that the mind puts the label of unpleasant on. Does your hand feel pleasant one moment as you bring the aspect of pleasantness to mind? Unpleasant next. Feeling tone is not inherent to the sensation itself. It can change any moment pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, which then leads to liking, disliking, or tuning out the experience, which can then lead to craving and suffering, dukkha.
You can also investigate Vedana, feeling tone, in the internal experience of the mind, the mind door. Maybe a thought that comes up is a pleasant thought, a pleasant memory, a pleasant plan, which then your mind wants more of, continues with that thought. Or maybe a thought that comes up is an unpleasant one. has aversion towards it, wants to get rid of it, to make it go away. Or perhaps there is a mood. Maybe there's a feeling of ease. Peace as you breathe which feels pleasant. Or sleepiness, or anxiousness in the mind that's labeled as unpleasant. You can simply see how the mind labels every experience as pleasant, unpleasant, or mostly neutral, a lot of neutral labeling, which we don't even notice. Feel free to investigate and any sense door that calls to you right now.
inviting in a sense of curiosity, investigation about the feeling tone. The Buddha taught noticing the feeling tone is where the cycle of suffering can be broken. You only need to see it once clearly before you see Vedana feeling tone everywhere on retreat. As I ring the bell again, notice the Vedna of the sound. Is it pleasant because it announces the end of a sit? Or is it unpleasant because you wish the sit continued? The investigation to Vedana, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, can be a very powerful practice. I remember in my practice on retreat years ago, the first time I was introduced to Vedana, 
and I saw it during a sit, then it became clear and as I walked around that day on the retreat, I could just see it everywhere, how my mind was labeling everything, everyone, everything, pleasant, unpleasant, eh, neutral, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. It was everywhere. After you see it, allow your investigation to continue throughout the day as you practice. See how your mind labels everything. It's been an evolutionarily, evolutionary way for us to very quickly label things as pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, as a way of self-survival. Be quick to, our mind quickly notices something, labels something as pleasant and fear, etc., in order to self-survive. But that mechanism that served us evolutionarily thousands of years ago now can get us into trouble. So become aware of it, become aware. So we have some time this morning um, for questions, then announcements. And I would like to start with a question that was on the board. I'm having an aversion to walking meditation. It's similar to my attitude about running for exercise. If I'm not going anywhere, What's the point? I understand, can intellectualize the idea that this practice is about the process, not necessarily the destination. Do you have any suggestions for easing into it here and at home? What a great question. I could have written this years ago. I didn't connect with walking meditation at the beginning of my practice. Here's my confession. And it took me a while to connect with it. So if you're not connecting, it's cool, it's okay, it's chill. And when I did connect with it, it, it really transformed my, my practice. At first it was like, yeah, what's the point, walking back and forth on the cushion. That's where it's all about. It's all about on the cushion. But then, after, after I said, okay, I'll give it a good, good try, good college try, I'll just... To it, And then I would notice coming and sitting after I had done a dedicated walking period and I noticed that the state of my mind, the state of stability, that the, the way my mind settled was so much easier and so much more settled after a walking period that I had done compared to just walking around or going getting some tea and going to my room. So... Notice that for yourself. Walking practice is a really important in, integral part of this practice. And at first, your trust, your faith about this practice is a borrowed faith, is borrowed from our experience because we tell you it works, so do it. But then after you actually see for yourself how it transforms your practice, then it becomes verified faith because you see for yourself how the walking practice works for you. So, so that's my invitation, that you try it out for yourself. Also, another thing is that the walking meditation um, is sometimes actually when many of the insights that I had would come up during walking, because there's something about 
the, the process of, of the engagement of the body that somehow my mind would cook on the cushion and then while I was walking it would, it would be done, the dish would be done and served. So again, see that for yourself. One other thing to also bring in here is um, we walk a lot. We walk in the world, getting to places. And movement is the way we are active in the world. So walking meditation really is a bridge between our sitting practice, when we're sitting on the cushion with eyes closed, and engaging in the world with people, doing everything that we do. So that bridge is very, very important. So as we get experience about that in the controlled environment of walking back and forth and really being in touch with our bodies, really being embodied, really becoming aware of what is going on around us, um, it can be a great bridge for when we are actually in the world, becoming embodied, becoming aware of what is going on in this body and in this mind without getting carried away in our minds. So I hope that provides some, some motivation for giving walking meditation a try. Other questions? Back there. So last night I sort of, during the Dharma talk, was confronting sleepiness with curiosity, um, but entered a state between consciousness and sleep and unconsciousness. Um, I'm just curious of what your thoughts are around. I, I know I made a lot of sort of beautiful insights into that experience, but I don't consciously remember all of them. Is that experience still somewhere imprinted on my unconscious mind? So, first of all, it's lovely that you worked beautifully with, with sleepiness, because it's the state of mind, like any other state, without having aversion to it, having aversion to yourself, just all of that. So it's, it's lovely that to hear you worked with it skillfully, investigating with curiosity. What is this? What is it like in this body and mind to to be sleepy. What does it feel like in the mind? What does it feel like in the body? Lovely. And you've done that investigation. You have already brought that curiosity to, to this phenomena called sleepiness. And the, the insights, whatever arose, and, and sleepiness is an interesting state of mind because it can be foggy. We may not be clear in that moment, but but the fact that you've done it and and you're speaking about it clearly this morning gives me a sense that that insight into sleepiness has arisen and is already there. And the next time it comes up, maybe the insights will become even clearer, like, ah, yeah, that's, you'll recognize them. Yeah, beautiful.
So I have an aggressive aversion to being bored, and I have and I've asked this question to many teachers. And uh, so what happens is that uh, there's music in my head all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, and I like it. I don't have a problem with it, um, except sometimes I do. And so I've been giving <laughs> a lot of tools about the um, the tones. And because I recently did a workshop for the what you were talking about last night, so the tones in the the earth, um, the elements, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. naming what's happening, like naming this is Nicki Minaj is in my head, or um, yeah. <laughs> just lately it's what's been happening, or noting my breathing, and nothing is really working. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah, the mind, the mind, it's, it's got its ways. <laughs> hmm. Let me offer another tool in your tool bag to try on for size and how, see how this one works. So... I'll tell you how I work with boredom. Because boredom comes up in my mind too, just like yours. It does come up. I'm not immune to it. So I'm sitting, everything, you know, it feels quiet, silent, and all of a sudden the mind produces, this is boring. Like, whoa, where did that come from? It's so interesting to see, like, wow, okay, boring. And in that moment, what I've learned is my mind used to go there, used to believe that, that yeah, this is boring, now I need to, now the mind needs to entertain itself. But now, when I see that thought, the moment it arises, that this is boring, that moment, I don't believe it, I don't go with it, I don't, you know, distract myself or get up or, or get lost in thought, which is what I would do before. Um, and your strategy, the mind, the strategy that your mind has is playing music to entertain itself. So, in that moment when the thought comes, this is boring, I say, I question it. I see it as a thought. I see it as a fabrication that had just come up. It wasn't there a moment ago. It may not be there the next moment. It has just come up. Just this mind has produced it. So I look at it. Is it so? Really? It's boring? Okay. What is boredom like? Let's check it out. What's boredom like? And I sit in boredom. What does it feel like? It's the same way that, that um, the other practitioner was talking about investigating sleepiness. What is it like to be sleepy? Come on, bring it on. Let's put, so I sit in the middle of it. Okay, what does it feel like to be bored in my mind? What does it feel like? And that investigation, that curiosity itself changes it. Then it shifts, becomes something else. Becomes completely something else. So, so this tool in the tool bag is making boredom an object, is befriending the boredom, is not using an antidote, right? Is really befriending itself. Like, who are you? What are you? What do you feel like? I don't need to run away from you to, to, with thoughts or music or whatever it is. What are you? Let me, let me become familiar with you. Does that make sense? Try that on for size. Mm -hmm.
So this is something that always comes up for me at meditation retreat, the sleep thing. So I spent most of yesterday, I think, meditating, but of course there were some, you know, thought trains I followed. And I, I have to wonder, I didn't sleep very deeply last night, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the full moon, or if it was that my eyes were closed most of the day and my body's like, wow, you got a lot of sleep, you're good now. Um, <laughs> It's tricky, so I just don't know. Like, I know I had a lot of obsessive thoughts going on yesterday that I saw, so I must have been meditating somewhat to have seen them, but mm. I'm just like, wow, what happened to last night, you know, like the sleep last night? I don't feel like wrecked today, but I didn't sleep deeply last night, like mm. I slept the night before. So this is just always my big thing, is the sleep thing on meditation retreats. So I don't know if you can speak to that. Yeah. Or so, so is it that on meditation retreats you tend to not sleep deeply is that there are that times when that happens yeah like i'll hit a point in the retreat where it's like okay maybe you don't need as much sleep yeah. now because you're resting throughout yeah. the day anyhow yeah. even though yeah. i'm supposed to be alert yeah <laughs> so and yeah know. and and you don't feel sleepy today right no yeah right not yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's interesting actually so um, the phenomena you talk about, it does happen for some people that they feel they need less sleep um, when they meditate. And there's actually some research that shows, um, it's an old research, but I'll quote it anyway, but take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, it's an old research that shows that um, they kind of put a number on it, that when like an, um, the duration of meditation is refreshing to your body and mind, like, I forget, either half or a third. Uh, so if you meditated for an hour, it's as if you slept for 20 minutes or or half an hour. So they came up with an equation or something. But um, And also there is some similarity. So this one is more reputable research. There is similarity between the mind state, the the waves, I forget, alpha waves, gamma waves, don't quote me on it. But anyway, there's, there is, there's a similarity of, of the state of your mind um, when you're meditating and when you're sleeping. So it's not surprising that both your body and mind are feeling more refreshed because you're spending your day in meditation and noticing your thoughts. And you know, there is awareness there. Obviously there is awareness there. You are meditating. So just take it as you're not sleepy, your body and mind are getting the rest they need. And... If it becomes a problem in other ways, then talk to us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi. I am so glad she brought that up because <laughs> I thought it was just me. <laughs> so um, to further extend her um the the point she's making what can we do at night you know um to kind of get through the night because i'm not sleeping either mm-hmm. and my mind is just up and meditating um it doesn't really help it because it's, it's just so active it's it's the weirdest thing mm, yeah yeah so it's interesting because when that happens for me what works the best for me is to meditate it really is to meditate. It might be changing the posture. It might be actually sitting sitting up and meditating for a while. And really, um, body 
mindfulness of the body in those times, especially the middle of the night, if your mind is going everywhere and the mind tends to go everywhere, coming up with all kinds of fabrications, even more so at night than during the day, um, mindfulness of the body, of the breath, just bringing, bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back. Um, I found that to be really, really helpful. And don't believe anything you think in the middle of the night. <laughs> just don't. Just don't. Thank you. You're welcome. There's a hand back there. Is there still a question? Or? Oh, back oh, okay. Um, I'm finding, it, this is not the first time, I, I just did a workshop and uh, um, I found myself, when I'm sitting in a, in a guided meditation, um, it's distracting, mm-hmm. it brings me out of my experience, yeah. so if I'm in my experience trying to follow my sense, you know, I'm going down my arm or whatever, <coughs> and then there's the person who's giving the guided meditation, and uh, well, it distracts me, yeah, and then honestly, I do have moments of aversion where I'm like, oh, just quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, so, of course, yeah. Um, how do I work with that? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That also is common, it happens. It ha- this happened for me too, and I'm really getting into it, and ugh, more instructions, come on. So the mind comes up with these things. So see them, again, as, as what arises from the causes and conditions. The mind in that moment was quiet, and then it takes a stimulus, it takes a sound as unpleasant, as a distraction. So just see it as anything else that you see in practice. It's not about me or about the t- teacher who's talking too much. It's just it's born out of these causes and conditions. If my mind in this moment was distracted, oh, I would be so grateful for, me, for them to bring me back by their instruction. You see what I mean? Because it's also happened for me a lot when my, during the guided meditation, my mind is out there somewhere and then the instructions start again. I'm like, oh, thank goodness they're giving instructions. They, they tether my mind. They're, so it's really born of the causes and conditions. That's one thing to just, you know, it's not personal, right? Another thing is is having the perspective and the stance that um, during this hour in the morning, this is our way, this is the structure, this is the way that we can transmit the teachings to you. And the rest of the day, you'll have time in silence to explore them more deeply on your own. So when that when that condition comes up of unpleasant sound, aversion, Meet it with that wisdom, if you can. Meet it with that wisdom, that there's a place and time for this. And I'll have the rest of the day to explore on my own. Thank you. And we'll let that be the last one, Lady in Pink, back there, whose hand has been up for a while. For me, I'm glad they brought up the sleep thing because I actually take medication to sleep. Mm. And I've been thinking, 
about not taking it to see if the meditation is helping me sleep, because I'm sleeping like a log. <laughs> Um, but I do notice that I also take it in the morning, and the mornings are usually, would usually be a, a sleepy time for me, mm. and it's not while I'm meditating. I'm not feeling even like I took it, and I know I am, t- you know, I heard you all take your medication, I yeah. am doing that, yeah. but, and I, I wouldn't try it here, I'd wait till I talk to my doctor about it, yeah. but I'm seeing that even though my body might be feeling sleepy, I'm not feeling sleepy because my mind is... Right somewhere else yeah um so i guess the question is is this something valid to talk to my doctor about i'm doing something different let's try not the medication for a while yeah yeah it's a good question i appreciate your wisdom also not wanting to try it on retreat because on retreat you don't want to you know mess with the conditions and and your mind is already your body is used to that Um, but it might be something to consider really again Check into with check in with your own inner wisdom, and see how things are right now. And I'm sure your doctor will have a, a good sense of of feeling where you are and, and knowing about other patients who have gone through this and and when it would be a right time to taper. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So I've gone over time. I realize. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to pass the the mic briefly. So in this next um, hour, it's either walking meditation or those of you who are interested still, um, who do not have a group but would like some help with your sitting posture. Let me see you raise your hand. Okay. So um, the attempt is to get to everyone. And um, so just stay in, in, in the hall and I will pop from place to place and hopefully get to everyone. And again, while you're waiting, it's a perfect time to meditate. Okay, thank you. Just one last quick announcement that I forgot. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.